Please be seated. I think it is safe to say that there are not many things that every person in this church would agree with. But I also think it's safe to say that one of those few things is that Jesus was not dumb. He's the son of God, he healed the sick, and he's considered one of the ultimate teachers. Jesus was a smart guy, so why does the gospel seem to tell us otherwise today? Jesus is walking in Jerusalem and comes across a man who has been an invalid for 38 years. And the first thing he asks him is, do you want to be made well? When I heard this for the first time, my immediate reaction was, seriously, Jesus? <laughs> the man has been sick for close to 40 years. I'm pretty sure his answer to your question is yes. Why wouldn't he want to be healed? It seems like the only logical response. But, no surprise, Jesus was more discerning than I am because it quickly becomes obvious that the question needed to be asked. Jesus sees, as only a good teacher would, that the man does not know whether or not he wants to be healed. All the man does is talk about how there is no one to help him into the pool and how when he tries to get in, someone goes before him. He has lots of reasons why he cannot be healed, but he does not answer Jesus' question. He is paralyzed by his illness, but it seems like something else is holding him back as well. There are so many times when I feel just like the man in this story, although not literally. I often feel blind because I cannot see my future, except for the fact that I am, thankfully, going to college. <laughs> I have no idea what classes I'll be taking, what friends I will hopefully be making, or what groups I'll be joining and the fear of an uncertain future sometimes paralyzes me. I'm pretty sure the invalid suffered from this same affliction. The week before last, I was in a terrible mood. For days, I was unmotivated, unexcited for any of the fun things coming up, and just simply unhappy, which isn't like me at all. I did all of the things that usually cheer me up, like going to dance class, reading, and watching Kevin Hart stand up, to name a few, but nothing seemed to be able to pull me out of my funk. Eventually, after a couple more days, my bad mood ended, thankfully, but even now, I'm not sure what brought me out of it. However, looking back, I can definitely see why I got into the funk in the first place. As most seniors here probably understand, we are in a difficult position. We are eager to move on to the next chapter of our lives, but incredibly sad to leave the lives we have now. I let myself be in a bad mood because it was easier than facing the fact that I'm excited for college, which means my life is about to change forever. While I was not physically sick like the invalid was, we both needed to be healed and were both scared of what that healing would mean. For the invalid, Getting well would, of course, be better than staying sick, but it would also require him to abandon the existence he knew for 38 years. Change, even the good kind, is scary no matter what, especially if it forces you out of your comfort zone. Everyone tells me that college is so much better than high school and that it will be the best years of my life, 
but that doesn't make it easier to face the reality of change. For me, letting myself be healed emotionally and be excited for the future would signify that I'm ready to move on. Two weeks ago, I was definitely not ready. And to be honest, I'm still not sure if I am. I am in the All Saints Youth Choir, and we have been working on a song that has a lot of relevance to the scripture, in my opinion. Its basic message, although the message isn't basic, is that we are all children of God, so it doesn't matter what anyone thinks about us because God loves us unconditionally. So it's okay if we're not ready to be healed right now. God is patient. He is all the time in the world, and he's not going anywhere. There has never been a doubt in my mind that God is both able and willing to heal us, but we have to take the first step and let him. He will continue to ask us whether or not we want to get well, and will be right there beside us when the answer is eventually yes. Thank you. Back in Jesus' day, it was widely believed that if you were sick or lame, it was because of some sin or atrocity you might have committed. The first person to wash in the holy pool of Bethesda would be healed of mind and body. The man had been lying by the pool used to wash sacrificial animals on the outskirts of the temple. For years, people most likely walked by thinking, what did he do to deserve this? Or maybe he got what was coming. Others probably tried to help him and looked for the root of his problems. He might not have even known himself. He was an outcast. Helplessness was his way of life and knew nothing else. Jesus didn't care what the man had done to get himself there. Jesus asked him if he wants to be saved. Notice that the man does not respond with a yes. Instead, he explains there was no one to help him stir the water. And how, when he tries to cleanse himself from the water at the right time, someone beats him to it. Jesus doesn't even hear his excuses. Jesus just tells him to get up, pack his things, and go. He did just that, and he was healed. The man finally found a helping hand. By joining together his and Jesus' strength, his burden was lifted once and for all. We all have been lost or felt helpless at some point in our lives. Hopefully, none of you have felt that way for 37 years like the man at the pool. Whether you took the wrong turn in the woods, can't find the exit out of Ikea, or just find yourself at a loss for words, we have all been at some time or another just like this man. We think so often that we are helpless when we are not. Even when you think your fire is burned out and your body and mind are past saving, sometimes you just need a little spark to get going again. Jesus saw this man for who he was, another one of God's children. The miracle is not that the man could walk. It was that Jesus gave him the courage to start. For example, once when running a cross-country race, I just about quit. I'd gone anaerobic my legs felt like lead. Every sane part of my mind told me to stop, and I did. I was on the final hill, I quit, and started walking. But it wasn't a few seconds later, my friend Eric comes up and tells me to keep going. I wave for him to go on, but he pulls on me. And despite what every sense of my body was telling me, I powered through the hill, and we finished side by side. I know throughout my life, and even into my senior year with deciding where to go to college, I've thought, I can't do this. I can't make it. But in truth, I can and did. Sometimes we just need a little help from our friends. It's a story about growing up, taking a leap of faith, 
overcoming adversity, mind over body, and accepting help. The man Jesus healed is a lot like all of us. He had given up. He thought there was nowhere left to go and no one to save him. When offered healing and strength, whether through a miracle or maybe even simple encouragement, we can all gain the will to walk. Jesus invites us all to walk. For me personally, the church has provided that companionship for years. Whether it was talking to Tim, friends from across the diocese, or the many times I've prayed, I've found that support. Sometimes you just need someone to tell you, you can be healed, you can do it, and that you are loved. Then we can be in the place where we feel as if it can be thought, it can be done. A problem can be overcome. Then we can receive the love and healing God offers us in Jesus Christ. Thank you. This past Thursday, I experienced an event that I have simultaneously longed for and dreaded for the past 12 years of my life, the last day of high school. Now, for those of you who have experienced this event as well, you will no doubt remember that this was not only a day for celebration, but also a day for breaking the rules. <laughs> Classrooms were no longer places of learning, but party centers. Buildings generally thought of as high pillars of our education were transformed into grounds for our senior prank. And social barriers once created by the convoluted high school hierarchy were muted by the joint camaraderie of a water gun fight. Crazy. Seven years of middle and high school drama ended in an instant. I personally have never exactly been in the upper echelon of the social structure, yet I was never low on the ladder either. As such, I was able to observe the strange phenomena known as high school socialized from a place of unbiased observance. In reading John, I was surprised to realize how little social constructs have changed. During the time of Jesus' ministry, there were outcasts and insiders just as there are now, albeit to a much higher degree than what we see in an American prep school. There were the Gentiles, the Pharisees, and the common people. However, at the bottom of the social ladder were the ones who were diseased. It was believed that the sickness was a sign of some deeper moral corruption. The only way to become clean was to rinse yourself in the holy water. However, when Jesus came to the pool and healed the invalid, he transcended these outdated notions of class and superiority. Not only was this man supposedly diseased in the eyes of God, but he was also not even permitted to clean himself, for he could not make it to the pool in time to be cleansed. Instead, he would be trampled by his uncaring fellows, ironically trying to once again find their own grace. Yet Jesus went to him and said to him, Rise up and walk. And so he did. He proved to all the spectators that this man was no worse in the eyes of the Lord than they were, merely more unfortunate. Diseased, but not by his own doing. In the eyes of God, this man was no worse than any other. As I was standing there, sopping wet on Senior Palio, I realized this. I realized that there is no intrinsic difference between myself and the football players, no deep descent that makes me incapable of friendship with the robotics team merely a class divide that no longer exists, that has never existed in the first place. In that instant, cleansed by the water we had sprayed upon ourselves, the class of 2016 discovered what Jesus has taught us all along. It is not water or passion that separates us from one another. What separates us is nothing, nothing in ourselves. We are all equal in the eyes of God. No human can be said to be superior to another. Amen. <laughs>